This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome back to Previously on Lost. This is episode number 34. And we're going to be reading through the 23rd Psalm. Well, we're probably not going to be reading through it, but Charlie and Echo did quote it. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Charlie and Echo's adventure here in just a little bit. But I cannot do this by myself. I am Mike, and I have with me Corey. What's going on, man? Oh, not much, man. I'm... uh... You know, trying to escape my own uh, smoke monster right now. Uh, <laughs> That's right. A, you're 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 all the way over there, man. Which is, is just a giant smoke monster uh, outside. Um, but other than that, I'm doing really well. So uh, this is a this is a fun episode. This will be interesting. How are you, Mike? Yes. I'm doing pretty good. I'm hanging in there. I'm tired, but I'm doing I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Good. And the one that topped up on all kinds of medicine is Steven. <laughs> that, that just sounded really, really bad. It's like Steven sounded like a drug addict. Oh, just no. tie, tying me in, tying me into the Charlie storyline here. No, my uh, my my son came down with with some streps, and and I'm not feeling real hot myself. So we're uh, we we've we've taken some some Dayquil, and I, I think we'll think we'll be all right. So another oh, word. Let's do it. <laughs> Go ahead. So, so in other words, if you see, if you hear like a thud right in the middle of the podcast tonight, that is Stephen like passing out from all like the day quill he's probably okay. taken. <laughs> he just and the microphone's on, and he's just Stephen. You're there. <laughs> he's just he's well, just out cold. I was gonna ask you about that Virgin Mary statue you have in the background there. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> What's it? What's it full of? <laughs> oh. Got to go. Got to go hide it with the rest of my stash. Oh <laughs> yeah, we're by that stash here in a little bit. Charlie's got some issues. So, all right, well, guys, it's been real, and uh, let's go ahead. Then I guess there's not really many network announcements uh, or any, any show announcements because you know. It's the show. So we're going to go ahead then and pop on into this episode, the 23rd Psalm. Uh, it's been 50 days on the island. Uh, immediately, previously on Lost, immediately before the crash, Charlie enters the bathroom aboard Flight 815 to snort heroin. I love that how that IMDb's word is here is just snort. Um, on the island, Charlie asks Locke for the last remaining bag of his heroin, which he then throws in the fire. In a great episode called The Moth, by the way. Um, Saeed tells Charlie about the downed beechcraft for the drug smugglers use, breaking open a Virgin Mary, Virgin Mary statue to show that it is full of bags of heroin. In the swan, Michael notices a message on the computer typing back to the other person. He is stunned to learn it is Walt. Bomb, bomb, bomb. And now we're on this episode. Oh, yeah. So this is season two, episode 10 
the 23rd Psalm, and this aired on January 11th, 2006. Uh, 2006. I, I think that means that this was the first episode probably after a long uh, break, because I'm pretty sure the last one was like in December. So like, this would be like, an interesting like, one to come back to. December. It was ridiculous how long it was. Yeah, there's always such a long uh, break there. It was amazing how we used to suffer like that. Now we just go like a year and a half and then we get all the episodes at once. So <laughs> I don't know which was actually worse. <laughs> uh, oh. So anyways, this was directed by Matt Earl Beasley, which I do not recognize that name. So I wonder if that's his first um, lost episode. Um, but anyways, it was uh, written by uh, the one, the only Carlton Cuse and Damon, uh, Damon Lindelof, uh, the two of them, I guess, not the one and only, but uh, the showrunners there. So that's interesting. And uh, the summary of this episode, uh, when Echo finds Charlie's Virgin Mary statue, he demands that Charlie take him uh, to where he found it at once. Elsewhere, Michael continues to communicate on the Swan computer without the other survivors knowing. So, um, pretty simple setup there, but uh, there's there's actually a lot that goes on here. Uh, Steven, do you have any interesting information for us? Yes, I do. Um, this episode ended nearly a year and a half of speculation about the nature of the monster when it finally made its full appearance. The final season would reveal that the man in black could be seen in episodes as early as walkabout. When Echo stares down the monster, many faces from his past are visible inside the smoke when freeze-framed. The montage towards the end of the episode shows the first interaction between Hurley and Libby. All of Echo's African flashbacks are shot with a yellow-tinted lens to simulate the dusty environment of Nigeria. A deleted scene from this episode shows an awkward conversation between Kate and Jack. Kate asks Jack for scissors, and Jack tells her that if she sees Sawyer, she needs to remind him that he has to get his bandages changed. Jack leaves while Kate looks on after him. Another deleted scene from this episode shows Claire walking over to a mourning Saeed on the rocks at the shore's edge. Claire asks Saeed if Charlie knew that the drugs were inside the Virgin Mary statue before he found it. Saeed asks why Claire is asking, and Claire states that she has to know because Charlie is taking care of her baby and could be a danger. That seems like an important deleted scene that they... Uh, yeah, I, I wish they would have left in that. That seems like some important information. It's and, interesting. There's um, sorry to interrupt, but no, there, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of deleted scenes that I I mean, I, I remember watching some, but it doesn't seem like this happens all that often. Um, and I, especially in this episode, you think Saeed's the other person who knows about the plane and all this stuff, and he never gets brought in. So it, 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 it does feel like the scene should have been in there. But anyways. Go ahead. And then one more deleted scene um, shows Michael asking Locke whether he thinks the computer in the hatch could be connected to other stations around the island or a main power source. Michael points out the amount of machinery in the hatch couldn't just be for the computer. Locke agrees to the possibility but reminds Michael that the computer is just for the button and not for communication. <laughs> that also sounds like it would have been a, a helpful scene because I think there's some confusion about like the Michael using the computer and whether 
he should be. And because like we get that little part of the video in the last episode, but then it's not mentioned again. So I think that would that would clarify things a little bit for for the audience. But you know, that's a lot of deleted scenes for for this episode. I wonder if they extended parts of the flashback because it's definitely a very detailed flashback. And, you know, that was probably uh, the priority over some of these other scenes. Yeah, they they did. They did squeeze a lot into this episode. So, yeah, I, I see that. I'm sure they had to make some tough decisions. But. Uh... Oh, yeah. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the episode thing, guys. Um, so where do we want to start? What 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 part of the episode do we want to start off with first? Because there was there was a few things going on in this episode. The backstory was really interesting with Echo. Then you had the. Um, the storyline with Echo and Charlie, and then you had the storyline with. Well, let's just let's talk about the the elephant in the room, uh, so to speak. This is as as Stephen pointed out. This is the first time we see the smoke monster. This is that's what people. There's two things people remember about this episode: Echo's Echo's flashback, which is definitely a twist on its own, and then the 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 first full encounter with the smoke monster does this um i mean how do you guys feel about this you know years later and you know we see the smoke monster do so many other things in later seasons in action uh does this still give you the chills or anything when you watch (laughs) this part it i I go for it i i think for me this episode has a it has a unique place for me because this was the first episode of Lost I ever watched. Oh. Um, I had never seen Lost. I was uh, a friend of mine's mom had recorded this episode. So we were all hanging out at their house and we watched this episode. Um, and the, so the first, you know, this is the the first we've seen of any of this. I, all I know is I think this is a show about a, you know, plane rat plane crash on an island and now we have smoke monsters and we have this opening scene with mr echo which was incredible um and then we've got people in a in a hatch so i mean this was my introduction to lost before going back and watching the first season and we see this really awesome character just stare down this pillar of smoke it was obviously interesting but very confusing to a person who had no idea yeah. what was going on. Um, but I, I think the fun part of this just is the fact that it is Mr. Echo. I don't know that any other character could have stared down the smoke monster like that. I mean, maybe Saeed. I mean, other than that, you just you can't see any other character that that scene working as well as with Mr. Echo. Yeah. Yeah. That scene, I, I think, is definitely the culmination of kind of the, the two sides that we get of Echo because you know we're first introduced to Echo you know he's he's even though he he um, jumps into action he's this very quiet kind-hearted guy he does kill those people in self-defense but he just seems like the most peaceful um you know gentle person other than <laughs> those moments where he's you know helping out his uh his group over there and then we get this flashback and you you basically learn that he was like a, a warlord or, or a drug lord and, a, you know, a, a, you know, some sort of, um, 
you know, guerrilla uh, member or or gang member or something. And it's it's intense, you know, it's super intense. And though he was basically forced into it, it it totally, um, you know, pulls a fast one on us because I don't think anybody really saw this coming. And then him standing in front of the smoke monster like that, I think he kind of takes this person that has has these two very distinct uh, sides to him because, of course, he then he does go on to, um, you know, kind of um, use the uh, use his uh, um, priest disguise, you know, priestliness as a disguise for the next uh, few years. So he does have um, a significant time after, um, th- you know, this backstory because because pl- that plane has crashed there for a while. But uh, I mean, what what do you guys think about this this backstory? I th- you know I, I think... thought the backstory is one of the stronger backstories of the sh- of the show. Um, I liked the way that of course you know they said that the yellow tinted lens uh, gave it that tint color but I, I think to watch the beginning where Yemi was the one who was supposed to pull the trigger but Echo you know ran over pushed him out of the way and he shot shot this guy and then you saw him grow up and the next it's like the next scene you see is he's just this really imposing threat and slicing two guys throats and then you still see the humanity in the end when when his brother gets shot that he he tries to save his brother and he still he he, he realizes what he has done he, and of course we'll learn in later episodes that obviously he takes on the the, the priestly job for a while um, but he, he knows he, he knows he can't fool anybody with it, but I actually really enjoyed this, this, this backstory of Echo. I thought it was really well done. I thought the characters were on par. I, I just think it's one of the stronger backstories in the entire show. So that's my three, two, three cents about it. But I, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I've always said that I, I feel like that this is like an, an award winning movie broken down into five short five or six short scenes like i just really feel like i would watch this whole movie and it would be good mm-hmm. um i mean yeah that that opening scene this is again the first scene i've ever seen of lost is you know the this kid having to shoot an innocent man in the head to protect his brother i mean i it was listening to the audio commentary with uh you know damon and carlton and they said that you know that was it was kind of a risky risky scene to have on a primetime tv show you know having these kids have to just shoot a an innocent guy in the head it's kind of a big thing for a you know primetime network tv show and man did it it work it it draws you into his story and really kind of helps you understand who mr echo is and um yeah, just the the story with him and his brother. Obviously, the the I don't know if you got the betrayal of his brother at the end. Even though his brother was trying to save him, and then ends up dying because of it. I mean, it is just it's a powerful, powerful backstory, and I agree, one of the the yeah. best of the series. Yeah, I I, w- I would say, you know, I've always thought of this as one of the best. Um, backstories and one of the mo- one of the most creative backstories and, and unique way uh, you know ways to introduce a character 
and you know, or his you know his his background, and then the way they intertwine it with with the plane and the drugs and everything we've already learned about from the first season. But just to kind of like play devil's advocate here, or or just acknowledge some of the criticism that there is, um, I've always loved this episode, but I, but I've heard people talk about it, and there's actually um, some interesting stuff you can. Um, find from um Edwale, um i can't pronounce his last name very well but uh the, the actor um, who plays mr echo because when they first cast him as mr echo i mean you can tell by his performance throughout the whole season he is supposed to be a priest and the actor you know played it as him being a priest like that's who he's supposed to be and that you know there we don't know the full history of it and then when they came, when it came time to do this episode, they'd kind of changed the backstory. I don't know if they changed it to, to um, kind of tailor make it to fit the the Nigerian plane and 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 figure out how to make the you know the everything work with the Virgin Mary statues. I mean, I'm sure when they when they brought in Echo, um, that was the plan all all along because you know that he has you know a Nigerian accent and you you could draw that connection pretty quickly. Um, so, I mean, I didn't, but someone may have, um, but I guess my question is, you know, what do you, what do you guys think about this? Cause like from, from my point of view, I've started to understand, um, his criticism saying like, Hey, you know, I thought I was supposed to be a priest and now I'm like this warlord person and this is way different than the character. I, you know, I, I think that he, he manages to play it in such a way where, where it's very believable. He's now kind of this guy who had done horrible things and he's like looking for redemption and his brother um, kind of shows like the other side of like what his life could have been. But would you, do you guys think it could have worked in some sort of reverse <laughs> bizarre world where Yemi is more the, the, the warlord person and, uh, and uh, echo really was a priest the whole time. And he, he uh, unfortunately ended up, um, you know, getting, getting to the Island anyways. Does that make any sense? What I'm what I'm saying? <laughs> it, yeah, it does. I mean, I I think that part of what makes the character so interesting, though, is the fact that he was the one that made the selfless decision, and it ended up pushing him to become, you know, the the you know drug the kingpin, whatever we want to call him, the the warlord. It was, it was his, you know, selfless decision to protect his brother that ended up pushing him to become the man he was. And then kind of the, the role reversal between him and his brother, I think, is really what made for an interesting story. I mean, obviously, it could have worked the other way and it could have been a priest dealing with his brother. But I think the way they did it certainly worked. Yeah, I, I think it does. I think it does as well. It's it's interesting to think about, um, you know, what his his perspective on it um but you, you all the time that happens with with characters where you don't know the backstory and they tell you to play it a certain way they don't want want to reveal and it it's probably smart that they, they didn't tell him even maybe they had this idea ahead of time maybe they didn't but if they had told him hey you were also um like a drug lord or whatever he may have played the character differently and that would have would have changed because what's interesting about echo and it's why it's so um, sad sometimes watching this episode is you just think about what could have been because you see some of these the seeds they plant here as far as like the horrible things he did in his past like that would have been really interesting to see him deal with that 
um, you know, later on, once the series like got deeper into like having to let go of your past and, and, you know, you know, deal with those demons. So ultimately he gets judged by the smoke monster and, in, in uh, I think the round three of, of smoke monster and echo um, trilogy. <laughs> but well, he, yeah, it's, it's I mean, so fascinating. It is. I've always said that to my biggest, what if about the entire series of loss was what if, um, Mr. Echo didn't have to be written off. You know, the actor, uh, apparently his, his parents were sick or had died and, you know, he wanted to go back home to, to London to be with them or, or there's, I'm, I'm not exactly sure the story there, but he, he asked to be written off the show and the writers have said that they had plans for him throughout the, you know, they had full, full series plans for him. And I mean, Mr. Echo is my favorite character and I would love to know what their long-term plan was for Mr. Echo. And I, I do think that's my biggest what if about the whole show is where they were. Because they even they said on the commentary that they put some scenes in in the smoke monster here that they had plans for to bring back in late, you know, later in the series. And I don't think we got the complete story they had planned. Oh, no, you no, no, you you, you didn't. And that, and that sucks. It really does, because he is such an, an amazing character. He's such a very he's in a very intriguing character. He is. I really think there's more story they could have told with him. Like, I, I think there's more that, you know, we, we could have seen him growing up, you know, in that in, in that kind of area that he was growing up. And we never got yeah. that. And I think that that's, um, yeah. They, they could so. have done so many more flashbacks with him instead of, you know, Jack's uh, tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the other thing I was going to say is how cool would it have been to, to see the, uh, the man in black and Jacob kind of like fight over maybe trying to get him to join one side. Cause obviously uh, the smoke monster has some sort of, uh, you know, um, uh, affinity for Echo because he he spares them here. You know maybe that has to do with him being a candidate or or whatever it is. But but it seems like the smoke monster scans him and is like, hey, maybe I can use this guy on my side. Like maybe because because he's very much there's like two sides to this to this person. Um, um, which I I don't want to say that you know too much about Echo as if as if he completely changes. I think kind of the point of his backstory is to show how um, gray things can be, especially in, um, you know, that type of situation they were in, um, in Nigeria and, and where, uh, you know, Mr. Echo is still trying to, even though he's doing, you know, pretty objectively bad things and crimes, he is still trying to like, um, damper the the reach and the 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 bad effects of things and he's you know he's he's trying to do good at the same time even though it's hard to justify like hey you know i doing all these things and even the two guys he kills right there pretty horrible when he just like takes him down kind of uh you know with the knife later like we'll see saeed do uh seasons later but but i don't know those guys were 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 drug dealers and seemed like pretty bad dudes you know maybe 
uh, maybe Mr. Echo knew that it was, but they were better off dead. I'm not sure, but uh, I mean, I thought that that was an interesting scene in his backstory. Um, you know, it certainly shows his ruthlessness, but at the same time, he was protecting that. I think he saw himself in that, in the kid who was, you know, kind of having to work for these, you know, drug sellers. And I mean, I think part of that was him, you know, relating to this kid and maybe trying to, to help save him from some of the life, you know, he had to endure. Yeah. And, and there's also, there's a lot of classic um, stories where there's someone who's undercover, not that echo is undercover, but who's working with the criminal organization and, you know, somehow like twists everybody's arm to do a little bit less like, Hey, let's, Hey, we shouldn't murder this guy. Let's just beat him up instead. That'll send a better message. These little things where they're manipulating it to to actually help out some people, even though they're still part of what's what's happening. Um, I'm, maybe I'm giving him a little too much credit because they do say he has no soul, but obviously <laughs> he's trying to help out his brother in that village in this this you know um, this this odd you know it's it's not <laughs> he's not like he's directly trying to help them out, but. He he doesn't want things to get burnt down and everything like that. Uh, he does give. I mean, he does give them the money. He buys the statues, gives them money for the polio vaccine. So he is, in a way, you know, keeping his word to his brother and and helping out a little bit there. But in that, but in that regard, he is right in the fact that now now both of them are dirty, and 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 as. Because him as a priest, Yumi as a priest is now taking the money from a drug dealer, from a drug runner that has a murderer, and buying them because he knows now he's going to be smuggling the statues on a on a on a a a church plane uh, a church church plane. So now Yumi. Is dirty as well, just as dirty, if not just as guilty as Echo. Even though he may not have killed anybody, he's just as dirty as Echo. And yeah, and and, and Echo can say, "Hey, I'm getting the drugs out of this country." But the truth is, yeah, those drugs are still going somewhere to somebody. And you know, heroin is a horribly addictive drug. So you know, Yemi's not going to sit there and go, "Oh, it's okay." That well, it's not Nigerian people that are going to be addicted to this, so that's fine. You know, Yemi, you know, as, as a priest would say, we need to destroy these drugs, you know, that, and I mean, arguably Echo does get them for free. He kills the guys. So <laughs> it's not like he paid for them. Uh, <laughs> I, pointing I that out. Funny. Yeah. I, I think Mr. Echo had, you know, one of the lines of the, of the episode with the, when he told his, his brother, you know, you live in a world where. What did he say? Where righteousness and evil are are very far apart, but that's not the real world. And I think that that's kind of the I don't know morality that Mr. Echo is living with. You know, he's he's having to make these decisions. You know, a lot of lesser of two evil kind of decisions. Whereas Yemi, as a priest, can can you know he can kind of you know rest in the you know making good decisions. Whereas Mr. Echo has to kind of make you know, the best of worst options. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's not like Mr. Echo wanted this life. He jumped in there to save his brother from it. And, um, you know, his brother may have 
it seemed like he was going to refuse and that could have got him killed. And, you know, he, he was, he didn't have a whole lot of options, but, um, you know, at the same time, this is what echo says at the time. And then we see years later and seemingly after the crash, he seems to look at it like his brother did. Um, like when he kills those guys, even though it was self-defense, when he killed those others, he felt so remorseful about it that he took a 40 day, uh, a vow of silence for, um, to, you know, like a, as like a penance or whatever. And he's, he's obviously kind of changed his, his, you know, view from when he was in that position, you know, having, um, kind of taken over Yemi's place in, in the village for a while. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, this, I mean, Steven, you got anything? No, if we we want to follow the the backstory to the end, um, what, what, how do you guys feel? I've got some pretty strong feelings about the fact that his brother turned him in. Um, you know, he, he turned him into the authorities and then he came and tried to, to beg him to stay. So, I mean, I think he was trying to, to help Mr. Echo, but the fact is he still turned his brother into the authorities. Now, granted what his brother was doing wasn't the best thing, but that is still family and family who had essentially given up his life, you know, the life that he knew to, to protect him. And, I I still feel like even though, you know, Yimmy is the priest and basically doing the quote unquote good thing, I still feel like he betrayed his brother. I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts on that regard? So, okay. I kind of want to go back to that. And now I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning because <laughs> of the fact that you said he betrayed his brother. So do you think then, so you believe you, Emmy's in the wrong on that. On that, yes. Yes, okay. Do you think that Echo was in the wrong for shooting the guy at the beginning instead of Remy? I mean, Emmy. I don't, because unfortunately, it's a tragic story, but unfortunately, that guy was going to die no matter what. It's a horrible thing, but uh, unfortunately, either way, he was going to end up dead. So do you do you think that this was Yemi's way of trying to um pay back Echo? Maybe he thought, okay, if I get the police here, if I get the military here, maybe he'll realize, oh, I shouldn't be doing this, and he'll turn around and come back and confess and say, you know, I don't need to do this anymore. Do you think that was his whole mindset then of well, trying just trying to pay Echo back for shooting that guy instead of him? You know, I, I actually I'm going to side with with Mike on this one. I think that Yemi uh, did the right thing here. I think that, you know, Echo gets on that plane um, wherever he's going, his his life. It's just it's just going to get worse. He's just getting in deeper. And I don't think it's uh, it's going to be, um, you know, fruitful for him. It's not going to be it's not for his best interest. And I think Yemi Though he is turning him in, and it, yeah, obviously it could go south, and he could get shot or arrested or whatever. He's trying to turn in the operation, and he's offering Echo, you know, this amnesty, like come with me, 
I'll say you're you're a priest with me. I can get you out of here. They don't know, you know, how many people there are. They'll go after those guys. You'll be fine. This is my opportunity to save you from this life. And I think especially, you know, you know, because of Yemi's character, like that's what he thinks the right thing uh, to do is. And and sometimes you you do go against, you know, and and do things that could be really hurtful to your to your loved one against their wishes because you think it's the best thing for them. But, it, you know, obviously that's a risky thing to do to turn someone in. But um, I think he's trying to help him. And maybe and yeah. you have to also take into consideration also in Yemi's defense, Echo, they basically blackmailed or, or uh, extorted him into f- forcing him to sign that paper. So it's not like he really <laughs> had a choice. Uh, so I don't think he's like obligated to 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 um, not back out because he wasn't really given an option there. Well, he, right. He, you're you're probably right. He, he probably did have good intentions there, but I just think that by by bringing the authorities in, it, it was very unlikely that was going to have a positive outcome, and it, and it did not. Um, so, I mean, certainly he probably was trying to, to help, but I, I don't know that that was the way to go about it. And, and it's kind of being on the, on the heels of last episode when, um, you know, Kate's mom turned her in, um, and then her dad in the same episode had to turn her in. Like we, we see a lot of family members turning each other into the authorities here. And it's just, it's kind of a, <laughs> a lot of, of a, family issues going on. Yeah. We, we definitely have some family issues yeah. here and. That is a good point. And I will say maybe Yemi could have tried to do it differently. You know, he could have tried to 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 get his brother out of there um without using the the army or whatever. So that's that's a good point. Um I wanted to bring up something I, I noticed this time. I don't think I'd ever really noticed before. Uh <laughs> going back once again to that first scene just briefly, uh do you, do you notice a similarity similarity between this flashback and uh, Saeed flashback we get, I think, in season five, where we just get this glimpse of where Saeed's brother is supposed to kill a chicken and he, you know, can't get himself to do it. And Saeed jumps in and, you know, snaps his first it. neck, presuma- presumably <laughs> not with his feet, yeah. which. uh <laughs> And he think, kills I the think chicken. A lot of similarities. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that they did that. They probably did that scene with Saeed, thinking about this scene in mind. Like I, I've always definitely agree that those two c- scenes feel connected. I, I just think that there's a lot of things that they may have had planned for Echo that could have taken him. Because I think if he stays on the show, I think at one point he's gonna dig back into his dark kind of dark past and go berserk and do something crazy at some point. And then, you know, have to deal with that kind of like how Saeed tortures someone. And then he has to deal with that. Um, and I think a lot of, of his, you know, baggage that he has to deal with about being a killer and stuff, they give that to Saeed and Saeed has to deal with the fact that he's killed a lot of people. And then I also think the same thing, the aspects of John Locke's story, um, so it's it's just interesting seeing these little um, kind of breadcrumbs that lead into other characters in in future seasons that that they are they, that they kind of planted here for Echo. Uh, but other than that, um, 
you know, I think I just wanted to say again, Yemi is a great flashback character. I think he's got to be up there in like one of the like the top five, you know, um, of of flashback characters because he he seems like such a distinct person and he's he's so impactful to echo in every every uh, one of his episodes. And um, we're gonna see we're gonna see him a few more times. And I think it's such a emotional payoff when you see echo crying over his body i mean like we i don't think we would have expected to have this type of scene when you first uh you know discover the plane when boone and Locke stumble upon it in season one uh, but but before we talk about that any do you guys have any comments on um uh, any of these side side stories because i really like uh i really like when these episodes have these um I mean, not, they're obviously not candid, but these like small moments, like when Jack gets involved and he's not in some like major story, he's just like chilling. He's a lot more interesting. Yep. <laughs> Passing out pills. Yeah. To people. Well, I I will say oh, yeah. I I did like the scene. Um, I thought one of Jack's better scenes when he came to talk to Michael. You know, it was a tense scene because Michael was typing on the computer and wasn't supposed to. So they played on that tension, but. Jack in itself, I thought was being, you know, a very likable version of Jack at this moment, you know, telling it, you know, really, you know, they always say his bad bedside manner is horrible, but it seems like he's working on that. You know, he realizes that Michael's still struggling and he takes the time out to tell him, hey, you know, we haven't forgot about Walt. We're going to go out and get him. We, you know, we got to figure out how, but, you know, just letting you know, we haven't forgotten. And I thought that was a really good moment for Jack. You know, I. I agree. I think it was a good moment for Jack. I don't think it was a good moment for Michael because the way I saw it when I kind of watched his facial reactions, it was almost like like I could hear what 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 what, what Michael was saying in his mind. It's like, sure, my son's been missing now for days, but Claire goes missing for a little bit and you send out the whole search party like right off the bat. But my son's been missing for days now and we'll we'll get it when the timing is right. You know, so it's almost I can almost see in his mind him thinking, thanks, thanks, man. You know, that that false thank you, because maybe he didn't feel like they were doing what they could to help Walt. And um, I don't, maybe that's just me reading into it. But I kind of thought that way um, when I watched that scene. You know, it is a fair point, and I, I think you bring up a good criticism that they they really haven't acknowledged why they are not going out to look for Walt. I do think that there there's probably legitimate reasons. They just they should have done a better job. I think acknowledging it in the show. Uh, I think part of it is that Sawyer, is, you know, has been pretty in pretty bad condition, and Jack needs to take care of him. And I, I don't know if, if if some of it is like all these new people just arrived at the beach, even though they do trust them, they still maybe don't fully trust everyone, and they're they're waiting for maybe the right the right uh, chance. I don't know what that means. It's so vague that it, I could it, see what you're saying with Michael. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. That's an interesting take on on what Michael was thinking there. But I mean, in 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 the defense of the the are lost these it's you know when they went after claire they knew she had been dragged they had a trail to follow i mean they have literally no clue where walt is like they don't nobody with the exception of michael 
you know, typing on this computer, nobody has any clue where to even start looking for, for Walt. So, I mean, it's kind of just an impossible mission until they, they find some kind of a clue or something. So, I mean, I can see why they have it. Yeah, I agree that they haven't really done a good job of spelling that out, but. And you also have to take into consideration, um, you know, we can't go in a, we can't go an episode without talking about Shannon's death <laughs> again. Uh, but no, seriously, uh, Shannon, you know, has just died a few days before. If anybody's going to be helpful on this um, sort of mission, it's going to be Saeed. He's definitely their best um, uh, kind of, you know, soldier uh, field person, not a tracker per se, but uh, you know, Saeed is not in the state to go do this. He's mourning, uh, Shannon and I, yeah, I, I think that there is some validity that they need to to wait a little bit and, and make sure they know what they're doing. Because also, at, at the time they they went after Ethan, then Ethan kicked their butt, and then eventually they did take Ethan down. But then they encountered these new others on the boat, and they obviously blew up the boat, and they had some firepower, and then so many people got taken. Um, from the Taley group. So it's like there's there's a new level of, um, you know, intimidation here that that they're probably uh, afraid to to take it to them without a really good plan. But you wait too long. Michael's just going to run off, which is what happens. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's move away from Echo and Michael <clears throat> first second let's talk about charlie and claire so we start to see the division between claire and charlie taking place where claire finds out that charlie's been hiding drugs and charlie tries to make excuses and then she packs up all of his stuff and kicks him out of his tent or their tent and then um you see him hiding the extra Virgin Mary statue. Cause so apparently this has not been his only trip to that plane. Apparently he's made a few other trips to that plane. Yeah. Some of this stuff so, is hard to watch. I mean, it, it's good. It's not, I'm not saying it's bad. It's just you, it's hard to see you, a character you like um, making himself unlikable in ways and in going down a uh, tumultuous uh, path here so but it's this it's very dramatic i'll i'll give them that that you know this is is if you want to to really put charlie in a tough spot this is like the worst place to put a a heroin addict you have an island like not a lot to do and you have uh seemingly not unlimited but seemingly unlimited for one person as far as uh charlie is concerned uh, all the heroin he could could want um so it's like a, just this crazy temptation situation uh, but yeah i mean but charlie he's he's lying and this this is definitely the payoff of we've had this built up ever since they found the plane and the statue and then they you know find a way to get charlie there and and have Saeed bring it up, and now he has the statue. Whoa, I'm religious. So this was going to happen. This is like Walter White. You know, it's going to um, come back and bite you in the face, and everybody's going to find out that you were lying. <laughs> um. <clears throat> well, I, I know I found it hard in this stretch of episodes, you know, from here for the next few, you know, 
actually figuring out if Charlie had, you know, fallen off the wagon or if he was using again. They really kind of, as a viewer, make you wonder if he is or not. Um, and I think they really kind of lead you towards believing that he is. Um, Definitely. His, I mean, obviously he's going to make some bad decisions that we'll, we'll talk about in the next coming episodes. But, I mean, the the one, the two people he's really shown he cares about on the island is Claire and baby Aaron, you know, and Hurley. But so now he's kind of been kicked out of Claire and Aaron's life. And, you know, you see it as he looks at the baby there. I mean, this, that's been his sole, you know, reason for doing anything on the Island ever since the baby was born. He's been, you know, trying to help Claire take care of this baby. And now he's, you know, kicked out. And Got that's, nothing. yeah. I mean, and that, that's gotta be, you know, really hard to deal with. So, and you see that he, you know, has his stash there. So it definitely makes you wonder, you know, is he, or isn't he? And I think that's what they're going for. When I first watched this, like the whole season, I totally thought that he had been using, I thought it was clear that he'd been using drugs and, but once you get through it and then you, you know, I, I don't know if I had to rewatch it, it, but the, the truth is he definitely does not actually use the drugs again. I think I think I, that they should have been a little more clear about this. Uh, you, I feel bad for for Charlie and for Dominic Monahue him uh, a little bit because they make him just so um, unlikable over the uh, for this little story arc. And so some some of me when I'm watching this episode, I can't help but think of like fire plus water and some of those those bad moments with Charlie later in the season. But I do I do love I love the interaction between him and Mr. Echo because they go back and forth and clearly Echo does not think very highly of of Charlie. You know, Echo has probably plenty of experiences with people on drugs and in a distrust and by the end of the episode, they're side by side praying together, um, and it's his brother's funeral. Maybe the most, the closest person in his life, and he's sharing this moment with Charlie, and it turns into this beautiful bond. So that's one of the things I, I love about this episode is, is these guys kind of uh, are really hating on each other at the beginning, and um, you know they're going to have this uh, this moment they can always share after at, you know by the end. I mean, when you look at those two characters, you certainly don't think they would have similarities. But the more, you know, the more the story goes on and the more you think about it, you realize just how similar they are. I mean, they both have, you know, major brother issues, you know, Echo and Yimmy and Charlie and his brother. Um, They both have dealings with drugs, whether, you know, whether it's taking or using or whatever. and they're both, you know, they both, you know, they're both the re- religious characters, whether Echoes is, you know, I, the question is whether he's act, you know, he's religious. But I mean, he was he was brought up in the church there with with Monsignor until he gets taken away. So they both have really a lot of similarities on two people that have lived completely different lives. Yeah. And I think that that's why they clicked so well on the show or and on this episode is that is that it's almost as if there was a unspoken understanding between the two. Yeah, and, uh, and it's well, I'd say Charlie has 
a great story in this episode, even though this is an episode about Echo and, and we get his background. Sto- uh, Charlie is the one that's he, you know, his character is a little more di- uh, dynamic as far as having a problem and something he has to kind of grow through and and change. Not that he he gets through it by the end of the episode. Obviously, the end shows that he is continuing to be secret, um, you know, secretive about this stuff. But in in a way, I think this is a better Charlie episode than the actual Charlie episode we're going to get. But it it does build this great bond and it it has this um, theme of of faith and believing and not knowing what's going to happen. Like with with uh, the smoke monster, that's a moment where he just, you know, he stares it down and uh, we don't really know what the heck that means. But it's but it's awesome. (laughs) Uh, I also wanted to mention Jesus, the Jesus stick. So the Jesus I, stick. This is the first time I think we actually have someone call it the Jesus stick, which is uh, <laughs> just an amazing uh, a line there by Charlie, and uh, he of, um, beautifully points out that there's dried blood all over this Jesus stick. And then, and then that's where you see little glimpses of the Charlie that you know we've loved for a year and a half. Oh yeah, I think this is. I think this would have to be one of the top ten props to own. If I could, if I could own like a single prop from Lost, um, I wonder who has that prop. Like on the cast, I wonder if Echo was able to get get that stick before he left. That and that would be amazing because, uh, yeah, it's 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 such an important piece. And then, um, I think it's going to become his uh, his grave marker. Is it not? I believe so. I think so. Yeah, I forgot about yeah, it. Yeah, I think so. Um, the, the other thing I wanted to mention, um, last thing that I have is, uh, I do like when uh, Locke takes uh, Michael out shooting and they, they blow up the, the giant mayonnaise, which is just like a random, like, oh, okay, we're just, we decide we're going to, we don't need this mayonnaise, let's just shoot it. Though, though maybe <laughs> it was empty funny. or like mo- half empty or something. I don't- it looks pretty full. I, I was yeah. gonna say, like, at this point, I I don't think they know that more food is gonna get dropped. So I, I feel like this was probably, uh, you know, a waste. I don't even like ranch dressing, but I still feel like it's food. You're on a deserted oh, island. Okay. Wasting it was probably a bad idea. There had to be <laughs> something else they could have shot. I and, do. I mean, it could have turned. <laughs> we we find we find out that. Hurley has been stashing ranch outside unrefrigerated <laughs> for this whole time. So I don't think that their ranch goes bad. It, the Dharma ranch is no. eternal. It has special preservatives or it, Jacob's blessed it. So it's fine. There was, blessed. There, there was a little, wow. uh, there was a little error on, on this episode when, on the bottle of ranch, it was they they misspelled Dharma. They added an extra A. It was D H A R A M A dressing. Yeah, huh. you, you can That's see funny. it. Yeah, I read that, and you can you can definitely see it when it when they it, he's getting ready to shoot it. Oh, well, that's amazing. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I love that Locke takes him out here. I think this is Locke's way of dealing with an issue. He's not going to be able to stop Michael from from wanting to get a gun and go save his son. 
But he could, you know, hey, well, why don't we go do some target practice first? You know, let's not just run out in the jungle. Um, at least you're going to be prepared. And then maybe this will kind of like, you know, calm him for the time being and, and, and to the point where they can wait and go all together. Um, and it's fun seeing, you know, locks out there in the vest again. He doesn't wear this vest <laughs> that much uh, going forward, but he's got that classic vest that he wears, which is like a adventure or fishing vest. Uh, he wears in walkabout in his classic look in that episode and he's just teaching him how to do it <laughs> it's funny seeing how uh, where michael and and uh, uh Locke have come as as characters you know as a relationship in the show having been kind of sworn enemies there for a while and oh yeah that that also brings us to the the rather odd little conversation they had before that scene about when uh Locke is changing the combo to the armory which little do we know at this point how important the code to the armory is going to be for the rest of the season. Um, but he has the conversation about, you know, watching silent movies where they're trying to break into the bank and they steal the money with the, you know, with the, a white bag with a dollar sign on it. <laughs> that was kind of funny. You know, Michael says, you're not that old man. And, and, Locke, <laughs> said, <laughs> and Locke says, I'm old enough. So I didn't know. Now, granted, well, I don't know. It, I don't know if they have TVs on the island, so I don't know where the smoke monster would have seen silent movies. But if Locke was smoke monster, the I'm old enough would really would really have another meaning if if Locke Come was. On. But I still don't know where he would have seen silent movies. I, I that. I think what Locke should have said was, I was bored enough because we know Locke just, you know, he's uh, he, at times has been a bored, uh, lonely man. And he sits in his house and watches silent movies, I guess. <laughs> Not the smoke. Mo- you think the smoke monster wants to watch silent movies? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, <laughs> uh, that is that's pretty good. That if it if it was a smoke monster line. That that would be a great line to say. I'm old enough. You know, it's so. I mean, it's perfect. I mean, if you th- think about it, it's perfect. Is what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, so. I just I wanted to make one little uh, note about Michael here. I think you know Michael's an interesting character, and we're going to talk a lot about him this season. Uh, you know, people will really say you know kind of disparaging things about the way his story went in this season, but you know, Michael's story is kind of the heart in many ways of season two and there, there's some really good moments. I mean, of course there's some annoying, like there's times where it's annoying when he's just yelling Walt constantly, but his story really drives a lot of the season forward. And, uh, you know, I, li- I liked a few of the moments, uh, in this episode here and, um, definitely going to be dealing with it next episode. So, yeah, just something to think about as we watch through this, that, um, and I, I think that's, you know, we've talked about season two getting a bad rap. I think one of the reasons season two does get a bad rap is because a lot of these stories are just so contained to season two. And then once they're over, you know, the characters die or, or they're gone, they're off the show. And it doesn't really um, connect as well to the other seasons. That doesn't mean they're not great arcs, though. There's some amazing story arcs in the season that are super entertaining. Including yeah. Michael getting maybe maybe not Michael being on his little MSN messenger with uh, with Walt or whoever. <laughs> MSN but. messenger. Oh, that's funny. 
I mean, I do. I found I found that very compelling, though. I remember when watching it. You know, is he actually talking to Walt or or not? I mean, I, I think I think that it was a good story. Um, yeah, I think it's very compelling. I think it's pretty. I think it's like mind blowing when you first see him talking on the computer. You know, have you, when you haven't seen it yet. Especially, you don't know. I mean, you really don't know what the heck is happening to Walt, and we get a little bit of that filled in, but it, a lot of it remains largely a mystery. So, you know, I definitely was thinking about that, like, especially with the scene where Jack's talking to Michael. I mean, what do they think is happening with Walt? Do they think he's just like a prisoner or like he's being forced to live there? I mean, so I can only imagine as a parent, your, your mind has got to go to the worst. So, right. You have no idea what's going on with your son. You just know he's missing. So, well, do you guys got anything else before we go to our in memoriam? Um, well, we we did have uh, our first um, interaction between Hurley and Libby at the little montage at the end. That'll that'll uh, play out oh for boy. the rest of the season. Come on, Hurley and Libby. Yeah, there's the, the 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 montage is solid. They give us a lot of little pieces here that actually. Uh, are pretty meaningful. Then you get, you know, Son and Jen go bring some food to Anna Lucia, and she has some really good facial expressions because <laughs> um, it's you don't have any sound for this. Um, you know, we have the the Kate and uh, Kate gave Sawyer a haircut earlier, not that important, but then Jack comes back and he gives uh, Kate's there and he gives uh, Sawyer some drugs, right? I don't know. I don't know what else, but it you know it always ties up well when there's a when there's a fun little montage. Oh, we didn't even mention yet. Of course, uh, Claire kicks Charlie out, which he deserves to be kicked out. And then Charlie goes to his stash. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's sad. Well, but couples break up for for periods of time. It's not the end of the world, Charlie. You know, it's a they, small they, island. They, for 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 him, it will be the end of the world. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, though we do they ever really though make up? I feel like they they end up back in a good place. Yeah, yeah. By the at the end yeah. of the season, but it wasn't like it was before. I think I think in season three, maybe it's not quite the same. No, it's a different kind of dynamic. But he does not. He doesn't. He does. You know, when but when you watch like Fire and Water, you really don't see you don't see it working out. (laughs) That's a pretty rough one. Well, in Charlie's defense, I think there's some like island spirits or smoke monster or somebody is is kind of screwing with Charlie to try to set him up because you know he like sleepwalks or whatever. Um oh and a smoke monster I guess you say took over him in his sleep. Is that what you're trying the to say? Sick, the sickness. <laughs> that do- doesn't that doesn't happen. The it makes more sense than Locke being the smoke monster the whole time. No it doesn't. No it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, oh. we'll we'll get into to fire and water. But uh, yeah, it's sad to see their little breakup. 
And uh, you know, oh. Charlie Charlie has to take one for the team because Charlie gets into some bad crap uh, in this season, but it does actually propel the story and it gives us one of the greatest uh, Sawyer episodes of all time. So yeah, you know, he just kind of falls on his sword so that all the other characters can really shine. Thank you, Charlie. Expose? No. <laughs> oh no. Okay, so let's oh. let's uh, let's go on to in memoriam. <laughs> I think I think that sounds like that's it. Oh boy! All right, in memoriam. Uh, I think Stephen added these ones. Goldie, who? Which one? Which was Goldie? Yeah, the one the, with the gold the, tooth. The one with the gold tooth. And I don't know if oh, they would go right. in. I don't know if they would go in memoriam here since they died in the flashback. Because technically they've been dead for about three years on the island. So I didn't know if they would belong or not. I think it, I think true. it counts. I think but, flashback. Well, that's, um, technically, Yimmy was going to come back to life because a smoke monster is going to take over his body, and when he tricks Echo, but we'll get into that in a different episode. But uh, I think that Yemi should be on should be on this list <laughs> ahead of Goldie. They actually have a, like a funeral for Yemi. True. Oh true. my. And I also put on in memoriam we had the two Moroccans who uh, Mr. Echo killed with one. One fell swoop. Um, I did oh. think uh, uh, from listening to the commentary, I thought this was kind of interesting. That guy was actually the caterer in Hawaii, and they asked him to be in an episode. And the the boy was actually the caterer's son. So I thought that was kind of a fun little tidbit. Hey, we want That's you to awesome. be in the episode. Really? What do I get to do? You get to get your throat slit by Echo. <laughs> People love to get killed, though, in in stuff. You know, <laughs> I think it's I think it's a fun thing to be able to say. Yeah, I got killed on Lost. <laughs> oh, so we have a couple Moroccans. We have Goldie. We have the other henchmen that we don't know anything about. Um, we have the up. Oh, you know, you know who you forgot, Stephen. Who was that? The old man at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man, I felt sorry for that old guy. What did he do? He was just minding his own business. Yeah. I don't know. I felt sorry for him, too. But that was a rough first uh, scene. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a rough way to go. Uh, um, so let's say then, Steven, since you're uh, since you're up and going, give me uh, 15 to 16 seconds on your overall thoughts of this episode, man. Um, this is one of my favorite episodes of TV of all time. I, this is the first episode of Lost I watched. It got me hooked. I loved everything about it. I think this backstory is incredible. The smoke monster stuff, just all around a plus great episode. All right. What about you, Corey? Uh, well, I think this episode does a really good job of, um, connecting a bunch of pieces and actually giving us some answers here. We learn where the plane came from and why there were drugs and statues. And we learn about Echo's uh, background. We learn who all those bodies, you know, who those people really were. And and we get the culmination of this uh, Charlie story that we've been um, waiting to, um, you know, see what would happen for, you know, probably 10, 20 episodes here. So, yeah, I thought, and then of course it's a really unique backstory, really well done, and the smoke monster. We actually get the full picture of the smoke monster. It looks awesome. The CGI is fantastic, and it's 
very inventive because who the heck would think of a smoke monster? So that's that's what awesome. I got. Awesome. Well, I uh, I thought it was a great episode. It, again, I kind of fall in line with Steven on this one. It's one of my favorite episodes to watch, even if not in a series, but of, of any show. There's very few shows that I, that I watch that I go back and just watch random episodes uh, throughout the year just because I like those shows. Um, but but this, this, this episode is great. I love the Echo character. I love the backstory. Um, I do love the confrontation between Charlie and Claire because I think it was needed eventually. And I'm glad he finally got it out a little bit through season two. So good episode. Good episode. So we're going to rate this thing one out of 23 <laughs> bloody Jesus sticks. So out of bloody Jesus sticks, uh, Stephen, what do you give this this uh, episode? Well, I gave this one, of course, a 23 out of 23 bloody Perfect. Jesus is what it On is. the bright side, it's dry blood. It's not like wet blood. It's dried blood. It is dry blood. <laughs> it's only forty. You know, it's only like forty day old dry blood. But it's it's dry <laughs> blood. <laughs> uh, Corey, what about you, man? Well, you know, I thought I was gonna give it twenty three. I think even last week I uh, teased that it, it might be getting. Some 23s, but I decided to go with 22 out of 23 bloody Jesus sticks. I don't know what it was, but I just I, I gave it a, I knocked it down a little bit um, for some of the things I was uh, um, talking about earlier. I do think yeah, even though I like some of the stuff with Charlie, I also find I find some of it to be a little annoying um, and drawn out. But overall, this is just a classic, fantastic. You know, this is like in the top. 25 if not higher episodes really really good episode yeah mike what uh, about I'm you i'm kind of along the same i kind of give it the same thing i'm kind of around 22 out of 23 i don't think i've ever given a perfect score yet for an episode um i know there's one coming in season three that'll definitely probably get a perfect score uh just because you know it's my favorite episode of the entire series but um but this one gets 22 out of 23 bloody Jesus sticks from me. Now, okay, is that supposed to be like uh, bloody, like British, like bloody Jesus stick? <laughs> See, that's or what I it... didn't know. We're saying like it's a bloody Jesus stick, or is it? Hey, it's a bloody Jesus stick. It's all in the inflection of your voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> it's blood stain. <laughs> Steve's like, I don't know what's going on, guys. And, I just know I'm on a podcast right now. I got Nike, I got Dayquil in me. I'm just, I'm just on a podcast. The best thing about the Jesus <laughs> stick is it actually is really effective in action. <laughs> Sometimes people have like a random weapon and then they like never use it or they don't use it very often. But uh, yeah, Jesus stick does work. Uh, sure so let's does. move on here um, to our final part of the conversation here uh, discussion. And uh, we're going to hit up Sawyer's Name Dictionary. We had a few additions today. Uh, for Hurley, we have the very creative Pillsbury. And yep. for Kate, we have another Freckles, bringing our total Freckle count up to seven. And then we have a few pop culture connections here. Uh, first of all, uh, Christianity and the Bible. Uh, that would be the category religion. Um and uh, Mr. Echo, 
recites the 23rd Psalm at Yemi's funeral. Uh, that's what they're reciting at the end, the name of the episode, obviously. Uh, and then additionally, young, young Echo was wearing a uh, Christian cross around his neck. And uh, then the uh, Nigerian gorilla um, guy ripped it off. And that's uh, the one that uh, I believe Yemi gets it and then he gets it back later. Um, and then Echo's stick is shown to have religious scriptures on it. Uh, the Jesus stick um, is the actual terminology for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> who, who did these notes? Who put that in there wrong? <laughs> uh, I just wanted to clarify that. Uh, Mr. Echo says that the biblical... Um, Aaron was the brother of Moses. And yeah, there's a good little conversation between uh, Claire and Echo about about Aaron and and, uh, uh, you know, being being Moses's little brother and uh, helping him out with uh, speeches and stuff. Um, that was a cool scene. And uh, then we also have in this episode, we have the reveal of where the statues came from, the Virgin Mary statues, of course. And which is fun to get the full circle explanation. And then we also have Yemi. He grew up as a priest and later Echo disguises himself as a priest as well. Um, and then additionally, silent movies. Uh, we mentioned this. Locke and Michael discuss uh, silent movies, apparently a bank robber movie. Um, and then He's Evil is a song that is by the Kinks that Charlie is singing. And uh, he's surprised that Jin doesn't know the kinks. <laughs> By the way, this this was a funny scene. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. To me. It's, it's just, Jin's just like, shh, I'm trying to fish. <laughs> and you're, you're just singing. Does, so. does singing really bother fish? I don't. I think it's more like throwing rocks that you want to worry about. But Loud noise. Maybe a loud noise will scare off a fish, too. I don't know. Uh, and then finally, the Pillsbury, Pillsbury Doughboy, which I'm surprised I could tell you this much about him. But um, Sawyer calls Hurley Pillsbury. Pillsbury. Like, it's like, why am I having a hard time saying that? Um, this <laughs> references Poppin', Poppin' Fresh, the Pillsbury Doughboy, which is an advertising icon and mascot of the Pillsbury Company, appearing in many of their commercials. He is a small anthropod character apparently made out of dough. <laughs> I think I want to get a movie on the origin story of the Pillsbury Doughboy. That's right. The more you know. <laughs> Maybe we could get like a whole universe, kind of like the MCU, but it's like the uh, uh, dough and like a uh, like cereal mascot universe, something like that. Oh my. Can we get the, the gingerbread man from Shrek? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get the little... The, <laughs> Uh, the elves Not in there the that make the cookies. <laughs> <laughs> all right, universe, oh. why don't you jump on this? <laughs> uh, all right, that's it. That's all I have. <laughs> all right, next next episode, we're gonna be watching the hunting party. Um, oh, snap. it's gonna be a good one. This is, this is Jack centric too, man. This is uh, we're Jack, uh, Jack and little Jack and a little Gabriella. <clears throat> Not gonna say anything else, but he's got he's a little too close to his patient. This is this is one of the episodes where like one of the scenes will be in so many of the previously unlost segments going forward. Mm-hmm. You know, like the like the scene of of uh, Locke saying, 
there's other people on this island. They've sabotaged. You know, that scene, like, it's, like, shown all the time. You know, um, we'll get another little oh, piece yeah. like that. So that's always fun. An important oh, yeah. scene. Important episode. Well, you know, you know what else is important? Is following us wherever you can find our podcast. See, you like that segue right there. That that, that that's how you. That do was it. great. <laughs> that was great. Uh, so you can follow us on Twitter. There's a couple ways you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow the main network, which is at RetroZapped. Uh, you can follow the podcast, which is at Lost Rewatch Pod. Uh, you can follow me at the DC Mike. Um, you can find uh, Steven and follow him. Where at man? I am at Lucky Thirteen Steve on Twitter. And you can find the Iceman himself, Corey. Where uh, where can we find you on Twitter? <laughs> you can find me <laughs> at Original Mav on Twitter. That's and, right. And, and with any of our social media, <laughs> uh, you know, if comment on any post. Um, you know, I we've been doing you know a lot of Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, I know it's uh, it's a little different with Twitter, but like with the old, you know, if there's any topic that is interesting to you, even if it's an older post, you know, write a comment on there and we'll respond and and maybe we'll bring up uh, any questions uh, in, in in future podcasts. So if you have anything about season two, even if it's like way later in season two. Uh, we'd love to hear what uh, any theories or questions, and uh, we could bring it up. Absolutely, you know, reach out to us. Like even on Facebook, you could always just you know share, you know, even just sharing, you know, the Facebook page or sharing the Instagram or the Twitter account with people, so more people will see. Uh, that's very helpful to us. Uh, leaving us reviews. Um, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google, uh, you know, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from, that helps our show as well. Um, but even like on Facebook, for example, you know, if there's something that you just want to maybe start a conversation in the Facebook page, go to the Facebook page and just pop in a post and get some interaction with other people. So uh, check that out on Facebook.com um, at slash previously on lost. On Instagram, uh, we're previously on Lost Podcast. Uh, so give give us a follow. Give us a shout-out um, if you could do that for us. And then you could also do that by joining us RetroZap Discord. So I'm just going to be honest. Like, our Discord channel is a little, um, how do you say, non-existent. <laughs> but it's Lost. So sometimes we hit that one episode we really want to talk about. So join us in the Discord. You've got a question about us and lost or if you got a question about something that's coming up in the show or just have a theory or something that you remember about lost that's really important to you join us in discord and jump jump in that part of the server and really talk to us about it we'd love for that for you to do that and just go to retrosup.com for all that uh stuff and that's also where you can find other articles all of our other podcasts our shows um anything in our t public store um, that kind of really meets our fancy. Um, so, so check that out. But uh, mainly thing is, is uh, spread the word about us, guys. And uh, guys and gals, that'll really uh, really help us out. So, any of you two got anything else to say before we head out for the night? That's it for me. Yeah, no, I think think we covered it. I think I'm going to go look All up right. the 24th Psalm. I'm curious the now. The 24th Psalm <laughs> has nothing to do with the 23rd Psalm. I can tell you that. Oh, so right. 
Well, let's uh, shut the hatch door, and uh, we'll see you guys next time here on Lost. So uh, peace out, everybody. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Have a good one.